From the art of the deal to keeping it real. Live from the Simply Vegas studios, it's The Power Move with John Gafford. Back again, back again for another week post Christmas party extravaganza. Party party. And it was, uh, dude, it was, uh, it, w- it was one for the books, Colt. I'm not going to lie, man. It was, yeah, that's uh, one thing I'm proud of, of this company. You guys uh, know how to throw dude, a party. Everybody said it was, uh, it was just next level, the best party we've ever had. Uh, yeah, it's like what happens when you get, you know, 600 high net worth or relatively high net worth individuals with a smattering of not so high net worth folks <laughs> and put them in a room and, and give them open bar for several hours. Yeah. I mean, it was, it, it was showed. good. Some, yeah. some of the people showed, but we it had did. a good time over at no, Tao. Yeah. We're Tao was good. I mean, and I got to tell you, I mean, you know, one of the things I pride myself on with our companies is we always have the best Christmas parties as I see all the other, you know, real estate company, mortgage company, you see them in like, you know, some stuffy room or, you know, some ballroom or a country club or worse, their office. And I just think to myself, man, that's just, it just Blame, makes me, it just makes me sad. It makes me sad. So, so we, so we go in Tal nightclub. Yeah. And speaking of Mr. Tal well, nightclub, which is, which is, which is in a well, perfect well, time. Well, real, yeah. well, you know, we didn't even introduce as you show again, if you're first time listener, which hopefully you're not, I'm John Gafford. I'm your host to the left of me, Colt Greenbubble, Amadon, ruining your group text one time at a time. And I got to tell can I stop real quick on that? Cause I got to tell What's you something. Your middle name? Greenbubble. He's the he's the green bubble. He, he ruins his 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 goal in life is to ruin your group text. I literally updated my entire phone yesterday for, for the sole purpose of trying to get to where I could name a chat group with your green bubble ass in it, and you can't. Nope. Apple, I'm telling you, Apple. You think you think the Republicans and Democrats are driving division? No. It's Apple driving division against the Android people because I I there was moments yesterday when I, I really yeah, que- like, I questioned being your friend. Oh, I thought you I were did. Going to say it was, question it was, the Apple phone. No, because it's que- overrated. No, I was questioning being your friend anymore because it was just, it wasn't worth signal. it to do this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what and, I do. There you go, Signal. I, He's on board I, with me. I, 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 I love our new guest. Joining <laughs> joining us today in the hot seat is uh, since we're since we're you know did did the big nightclub thing this weekend and 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 we were hung out with Adam a little bit earlier in the week. You know, everybody has this dream. A lot of people don't live in Vegas, have this dream to come in and I'm going to work nightlife. I'm going to work in the clubs. I'm going to work in the casinos. I'm going to, I'm going to be part of the scene is what they want to do. And, uh, and, and, you know, this show is all about teaching the hustle from wherever it is, you know, and however it is. And this is the job in Vegas that I think besides probably drug dealer and prostitute, I would guess that you got to really hustle the most is what Adam does. And what Adam does. Welcome, Adam. He is, he's a VIP host, man. He is a guy that the ballers roll in and they call Adam and say, we want to have fun. And he handles the entire experience for them. And then he gets paid for it and, and paid pretty well, I'm guessing. A- Adam's nightly routine is eat at a five-star restaurant, go party at the hottest clubs with the hottest chicks. Yeah. What a re- Tell me how hard it's that job like. is. It's got to be a, it's gotta be it's a terrible job. It's insanely difficult, to be honest. It's insanely. Uh, it, it honestly... <laughs> <clears throat> like I know your story, John really doesn't. I don't. Like, yeah, yeah so we're all we're all gonna hear it today. Yeah, the good, bad, no, I, I I think Adam's got a cool story, and also Adam owns a really awesome little uh, restaurant too. So I'd love to talk to him. Which also. I which I saw for the first time yeah. Saturday night. I right did not on. really, as I am hammered <laughs> in the drive-through at White Castle because why not? Why not? There you go. There you am. There you go. Great. There you are. So right I, there. Adam, I think 
I think once you talk to people, you'll realize all businesses are pretty much the same, yep. just different experience. Well, are, and I think Adam's going real, real, yeah. real quick, are we doing Adam's last name or do Adam, Adam, Adam Sadie? Adam Sadie. Okay, all right. Just Adam Sadie. Yeah. I, I didn't know how deep. I mean, there's video. I mean, you got the hat pulled a little low, so you could you could go uni. No, you could go uni bomber if you want. It's okay if you want to. You know, we can blur your face. The WSB shot done. I'm really comfortable. Yeah, yeah. We'll blur blur the face out and make that happen. But no, you know. So first of all, man, where are you from? Like, like, where's tell? Let's go back to the beginning. Adam. So you want the story? Give us the whole story. All right. Go back. So born and raised in Olympia, Washington. Okay, love that. Uh, mom remarried. Went to high school in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, for a couple of years. Did you move to Baton Rouge? Moved to Baton Rouge. So you okay? So let's talk about that because you went from went Washington, from predominantly white school, to, to uh, Go Tigers, Baton Rouge, to, to Baton Rouge, Baton Rouge. Um, yeah, to to a, a completely different demographic that I'm used to, and reverse racism and all that other stuff that you deal with down south. Yep. Um, senior year, moved back to Washington to try to graduate with my friends, and my dad had moved out to a small town called Rainier outside of Olympia, which is like graduating class 38. I think 38. <laughs> We're actually at graduation, like 28 actually graduated. Graduate. So. Yeah, only 28. <laughs> it was like, this, some of them, yeah, there, some there wasn't even a street light yeah, in the anyway. town I graduated in, right? Uh, so, awesome. um, day I turned 21, I got my bartending license, started bartending, and that led into club promotions and done retail. And, well, let's and, see, I want to go back before that because okay, there's a fair. common theme. I want to, I want to see if you hit yeah. the, hit the mark. Okay, all right. What was the first way that you made money as a kid? What was paper, the first way you were making money? Paper out. You had a paper out. Yeah. How old were you had a paper out? 10? 10 years old. Yeah. All right. You know, my parents, one of those things, my parents are, and my grandparents, if you want, if I wanted to go get baseball cards, if I wanted to buy a video game, they're like, all right, make money. So whether it was pulling weeds or washing cars or go get a paper route. And I lived in a decent neighborhood next to our school to where there was a bunch of residential rooftops to where I could actually have a fairly comfortable paper route as a 10 year old. And, and yeah, I managed my own little paper route for two years. You did that for two years. Yeah. So now you're 12. What do you do when you're 12? 12, we just got into sports, right? Um, tired of waking up at 6 a.m. and hopping on a bike. Washington weather sucks, so you're oh, riding a bike right. and pouring Jesus. down rain, delivering <laughs> every day. Just, yeah, yeah, it's brutal. Shitty. Yeah, yeah, it's oh, terrible. Not so, Florida. No, yeah. it's not, not Florida. Not Florida. And, not and Florida. it's, I mean, you're not making enough money to where it's worth it, right? So, yeah. Yeah. Not a good 401k nope, in the old paper nope. So I moved to Baton Rouge, Louisiana, <laughs> and in high school, you know, got a job making $3.62 an hour as a, as a, stock clerk at one of the grocery stores down there and that was the first actual job yeah but you always work see the, the reoccurring theme i was talking about is everybody work. we always have in man there's there's always a hustle yeah like they were the kid that would that figured out i'll get the erasers from you know the dollar store and i'll take them to school and sell them for three bucks yeah you know, there's always that hustle the football pencils you know i get yeah, all the yeah. football pencils on like everybody that that gets it is always was was the hustler man yeah, they, they were the provider of all of those goods and, and that seems to be a common theme like i don't we don't get anybody in here that's like oh i started working at you know 22 yeah. when i graduated from you know unlv that's we don't that's people we yeah no get. i mean yeah, i definitely i mean like i said i was brought up with if you wanted you know, anything, if you wanted a car, if you wanted a bike, if you wanted whatever, it was like, all right, we'll go out and get a job and do it yourself. Start hustling. Yeah. Start yeah. hustling. All right. Yeah. So, so back to Washington, we were 32 class, 38 classmates, 32, 38 well, classmates, 38 classmates graduated. And then, uh, did you win prom King? At least tell me you got it. You get it. You no, were no, nominated. I was, I was picked on my senior year in high school. Oh, really? I was the new kid in a, you know, like I said, those, oh, those kids all grew up in a small uh, yeah. town. Yeah. My dad had a nice house and he, you know, had a five acre house with horses and shit. And, and, um, you know, I, I had a car, and so, you know, I was the new kid in school that I also didn't, 
I'm very direct. Right. <laughs> I'm very honest. If you haven't met Adam, say Adams is a direct you're going to get. Listen, and I love yeah. that about it. Yeah. And I, I think we're all that type of per- people that yeah. I love that about people. You, you, you know where you fit in yeah. with, well, dude, with somebody like us yeah. or Adam. So. I, dude, I got mercilessly picked on. Yeah. And, and like, but the reverse. So like for me, I was in that small town. That's where I started. And like I was the guy that skateboarded and, you know, listened to Love and Rockets and Chains Addiction and stuff like you outcast. and all the rednecks were mudding and whatever yeah. else and and i did have i you know even as, as a sophomore in high school i had a bad habit which was hooking up with the quarterback's girlfriends of which i did at my high school not ideal and the high school the town next door thank you much guy get high five for that one there you go i'll give you props so, for that so yeah i wasn't exactly i wasn't exactly let's <laughs> call it well liked by <laughs> the uh by the football playing rednecks in my hometown and I, I ended up moving to a bigger city to escape that and then when i got to the big city i'm like oh my god there's other people here that ride skateboards there's other other people that do yeah, the yeah, stuff right. that I do. Yeah. So it was better. Other good looking people. Yeah. I mean, I had, so I had if, you, if you're familiar with geography, and Rainier is a teeny little town, and there's a lot of like two way, like literally two way roads out in the middle of wilderness or whatever. And there's people that played chicken with me at 55 miles an hour down, <sighs> driving down roads, getting straight up footloose. Like oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> footloose for real. Yeah. Tires slashed <laughs> at high school, <laughs> cars getting egged. Yeah. So it, was, it wasn't a, an amazing senior year. Yeah. Yeah. So that's over. So now you're free. Yeah. So then, um, yeah, started working, you know, worked retail, worked at uh, Toys R Us, then Babies R Us, then worked at Gateway Country selling computers, then worked at Best Buy and was a, you know, manager at Best Buy. And, and the whole time I'd been doing that, I was bartending. So I'd always been, you know, bartender since I was 21. And that kind of led into uh, club promotions and people like, you know, I worked at a bar and a pub and then uh, finally at the nightclub. And, and I'd, you know, been around town. I used to throw big parties in my house and had you know, three kegs and 50 gallons of Spody and have 300 people in my house. And what were you, what are you charging for that? Cause I know there's a cover charge. For yeah. That. We charged uh, $20 uh, <laughs> at the door and it, and it was uh, all you can drink. Um, cops would show up and they'd be like, you're not allowed to have, um, you know, X, Y, and Z. You're supposed to have this license. I'm like, and I'm not, they're like, you're charging. I'm like, no, I'm charging for the DJ. I'm not charging for alcohol. I'm not charging alcohol. It's see, see Colt, there, there's a, see, it's a, it's a, it's a loophole. There's you a loophole. Find the loophole in anything. Yeah. And then the cop's like, yeah, but you're like 18 years old. Yeah. So you're fine. <laughs> yeah. yeah. no, I mean, I had, I, li- I literally had, <laughs> you know, this monster Samoan buddy of mine standing in the front door, checking IDs. I'm like, listen, we're as legit. Everyone's 21 in here. Like yeah, it, was, right. it was like, we ran it as a club. I mean, and uh, so I threw, you know, big parties or whatever. And, um, in 2003, I was a uh, bridesman. I stood up on behalf of a, a woman named Jennifer, and she was getting married to a buddy of mine, and me and my sister were both on her side. Mm-hmm. And she asked me to bartend the reception. So she, I bartended the reception, and she's like, hey, my buddy Drew, who's a Boeing executive. Uh, you guys are familiar with Boeing, right? Sure. So Stocks uh, killing me. Let's talk about it. You want to talk about it? <laughs> no, I don't. Jeez, no. I mean, listen, if you don't sell the sell, sell right software to people, <laughs> Sweet Jesus go down, I mean, like, <laughs> See, I was having such a good time, and you got to bring the market <laughs> up. Sorry. Dude, I'm a, literally um, just ruined my whole day with that. Jesus. So um, at any rate, so he had, him and his buddy and a couple of investors had – again, figured out a loophole, right? So they were going after, um, they'd found a 16,000 square foot geodesic dome, three-story building on five-acre property that was on private property in tribal land, okay? okay? So in the state of Washington, for a strip club, it's not full nudity. There's no alcohol. 
and a lap dance is a four foot rule. So you give a girl 20 bucks and she stands four feet from you, gets topless, and is like, cool, 20 bucks. You're just like, <laughs> is that still a lap dance or is that like a proximity dance? Yeah, I don't know what it is. Yeah, it's totally I mean, it's dance. perfect, it's COVID perfect for COVID. There's some rubber gloves and a shower curtain involved. <laughs> um, so at any rate, they had found a loophole and they were going to, they plan on opening this, you know, full nudity, full liquor strip club because they're on tribal land. It's foreign sovereignty. So they could do full liquor. They could do full nudity and no one was going to, you know, fuck with them because they were on tribal property, yeah. right? So that was 2003, and then over the, the following, you know, 12, 16 months, I'd always drop by, drop by the property if I saw a car there and said, hey, listen, you know, I just want to make sure my foot's in the door. I'm bartending here. Whatever you guys need, like, you want me to help you clean up, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, the tribe kind of just kept stringing them along. So they got their certificate of occupancy, and they're like, oh, well, based on your occupancy, you need, need to now retrofit this building with um, – uh, sprinkler system. So then they had to build a well house and then retrofit a 15,000 square foot geodesic dome with a sprinkler system, which, Shit, I, I which cost think, money and reset everything. Yeah, I didn't think they could even do that on like tribal land. I thought it was well, like, I you, thought you, that you, was sovereign to the tribe. The tribe dictates. You, oh, the tribe was dictating this. Right. Okay. So the tribe's, because the tribe's making money, right? So I got it. He's paying a lease. I got it. As it's getting retrofit. I got and it. And now it's two years in. And then, and then like, oh, well, the code has changed. You need to rip out your bars and we do your bars. And, the, and it was just like this long, drawn out thing. So about like. So, so they didn't really want the club. They want the lease. Yeah. Right. <laughs> they, they, um, fix yeah, the building. They want. Fix well, the and they building also, they also didn't want to have a destination to people leave the casino. Right. I mean, it was like right. just down the street uh, and they didn't want to take away from their live entertainment, whatever. So, um, he calls me one night and he says, listen, he's like, um, we're throwing a private party. Uh, love for you to come up and bartend. I was like, listen, I get off at Best Buy at 10, 15. I'll be up there at 10, 45. I'll stop by my house, get trained, changed and, and zoom on up there. It's in between Tacoma and Seattle. It's so like five Milton area. And, uh, I get up there. There's like 30 guys. I think there was one or two dancers. The DJ never showed. He's got three family bartenders that are like, I know how to pour rum and Coke. I mean, like, yeah, no shit. Um, <laughs> yeah. so I get up there Everything's a mess. And I just kind of put my head down, grabbed a bus tub, I'd, you know, and just kind of got to work and just start picking up the glasses and reset. I was like, guys, go ahead and smoke a cigarette. I'll reset the bar and wipe everything down. I mean, bottles are just everywhere. There's no organization. You like, if someone asks you to pour a drink, it's like, what the fuck's that bottle? You know? And, right. and, and so, um, <laughs> literally just gave everybody a break, um, reset everything, bust the entire venue and then, uh, broke up a fight. Uh, <laughs> everything's winding down. And at the end of the night, after everybody leaves, I'm sitting with him and, and, uh, I said, how much money did you make? And he's like, well, I lost about 2,200 bucks. I was like, wow. Well, how? And he's like, well, I paid the girls. I bought the liquor. I paid my bartenders. And only 30 people showed up. I'm like, okay. I'll rent this venue from you for $1,000. I was like, I'll come up with my staff, my team, my guests. I'll pay for the alcohol. I'll pay for the food. I'll pay for the chef. I'll pay for it all. But I'll give you $1,000. So at least you're making $1,000 towards your lease. And you're subsidizing a little bit. All right. right? So wait, at this point, though, you're working at Best Buy. Like, that's your gig. And, and, bar and bartending, yeah. How many nights a week? You, how many nights a week are you bartending? Bartending two nights a week, and at Best Buy five days a week as a the computer supervisor. Whatever. All right. So, how much money? How old are you at this point? Twenty three. Twenty three. So how much? How much? How much bank are you sitting on? To, 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 to sling it out there like that. I want to. I want to see the. I want to see the level of twenty three. Yeah, I want to see the level of twenty three year old balls. None. You, I mean, listen, nothing. Was, you nah, just pulled this out of your ass. When I was twenty one, I got a DUI. Okay. The day I got out of out of GL from spending my time in court for my DUI, my, I could have gone to the DMD and got my license reinstated. Instead, my friends were like, yo, let's go float the river, grab my Jeep, go float the river, get a, get a, another DUI, <laughs> which, which wasn't even a DUI. That's a long story, but got that one <laughs> dropped. 
So I'd always had these like, and I never asked my family for money. So I was Get, always, I worked multiple hang jobs. Hang I feel like kids, our, our counselor's not here today yeah, to yeah, do legal no. disclaimers. If you're listening Don't to this, you, drinking right? and driving is, is a bad that, move, yeah, especially yeah, with yeah. the holidays out. <laughs> Listen, this, this is, is pre-Uber. Yeah, there's no excuses pre- now. Yeah, this yeah. is pre-Uber. Yeah. This, this, is, this is not a... This, this, no portion, this portion of today's yeah. story is, should not <laughs> yeah. be taken as a glory. This when is I was the, young, I made some dumb, foolish Yeah, this is the down and out me. part of the story. Yeah. This, is the, this is the setback to become the yeah. launch forward is what it is. And, and due to those, I, I always <laughs> so work two or three jobs, right? All right, so, cool. So um, so back to this. You're 23 years old. You just made a promise. You're going to rent this place out. You're going to bring in your whole staff. You're going to bring in the booze, everything else. And how many racks you got in the bank right now? None? None. Zero. Yeah. All right, paycheck so, to paycheck, just grinding and living and grinding hustling. it out. Yeah. So how? Okay. So how'd you come up with the? Okay. So how'd you come up with the money to do the party? How'd you come up with the money? Well, so uh, we sold fifty dollar full nudity, full liquor, all you can drink strip club parties to a private event. So me and my boy. So you pre-sold it. Yep. Okay. Yep. So me and my buddy went to every strip club in Washington state and basically like the t- within let's say an hour drive and we just went to all the hottest strippers and said listen like instead of you coming here for a night this specific Saturday night coming up we have this event I'm not going to charge you rent on our house fee so you can just come down make as much money as you can make whatever you want to do it's on tribal land there's yeah. not really no rules. <laughs> yeah. no I'm not going to ask any questions. Yeah. And, and they're yeah. like, yeah, whatever. The, the, tri- the tribe rides bareback. Yeah. If you don't and, understand. And, and my jump jump on that. Right. So I'm, I'm approaching every, the hottest girls in, in Washington state. And, mm-hmm. and they're like, yeah, whatever. I'm like, listen, you grab your pimp, your boyfriend, whoever you want, you come down, I'll show you the venue. I'll walk you through and you tell me whether or not I'm legit. Right. So we have this event. We planned it and we sold, I think we sold 140 tickets, 120 tickets the first time. So $6,000 minus okay. food drinks. I think I made like 2,500 bucks. All right. But, here, but let's stop for a second. On yeah, that. Yeah, you got to yeah. stop because you understand like right there, that, that hinge point, man, that moment, that's the moment that most people, that's the difference between success and failure because most people will find an excuse why they can't do it. And you found a way to get around it and find a way why you couldn't do it. What I mean by that is like you look at, you know, people want to buy real estate and shit. No, I'm not just pulling this all back yeah. to real estate. But dude, if you say I can't get finance for a house, go find a seller that'll do seller financing. Yeah. Go sign somebody that'll carry the note. Uh, you know, do an AITD, do a wrap, do that stuff. Like you had no money as a 23 year old kid and you were, you just saw an opportunity and you're like, I'll figure out how to finance this thing later. I'll figure it out. Yep. Let me get the deal in place. And so many, what I can tell you about real estate deals, especially big ones, like big, big real estate deals. So many of those deals are just put in place and tied up in escrow with no money. Yep. <laughs> they go out and find the money after yeah, the fact. Of and, he, and they just do what it is. So I, I love that. And again, it, it's, it all runs the same with all the stories we have, that young hustle, the getting it done, and then just finding that hinge point in that place. We just have to kind of the balls to just go do it. Yeah, which is that's a so, turning point. Yeah, turning you, point. Right? So you got yep. So that was November two thousand and four. Okay, was our first one. And so then he's like, "Well, do you want to do it again?" Because now he knows he's going to make a G. Sure. So we did it. Basically, we started throwing one every month, and every month it built. So the next party was one sixty. The next party was always 200. a G to him. He never took a he never took a piece of the house. So after the third one. He was like, I want okay. to split profit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the it's third one, yeah, 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 yeah. the third one, we had like 240 people. So then it was like, all right, well, I made like 10 G's minus Jeez. fees. I made like seven grand. So I'm, if I do that on top of my job, I'm like, yeah, I'm making like 80 grand a year. So now you're in, you're in rural Washington making 10 grand a month as a 24 year old kid. Yep. I'm, and, gu- I'm um, guessing nobody, nobody's, nobody's picking on you anymore, are they? Yeah. So <laughs> no, you're the guy. He calls me and he, uh, he's like, listen, this is March, late February, 2005. 
He says, listen, uh, the tribe's given us our licensing, but not to open as a strip club, to only open as a bar and grill and a nightclub. Uh, and I said, okay. And he's like, well, would you be interested in being a part of it? And I said, yeah. I was like, but if I'm coming, like, I'm going to be the GM. And he's like, okay. And I was like, I'm not, like, I'm hiring, I'm firing, I'm doing everything. And he's like, yeah. okay. But we're broke. And I was like, well, what do we need? And he's like, everything. He's like, we need ice machines. We need cash registers. We need POS systems. We need merchant services contracts. We need the alcohol to, to supply it. So one of my buddies put me in touch with one of his friends who worked at U.S. Bank. And at 20, I just turned 25, um, had great credit and went and got $50,000 on credit cards, three different credit cards, and maxed them all out. We ran around and got all the equipment and got everything up. And that was my $50,000 investment towards the club. That was my buy-in. And we opened in March and obviously not knowing what the hell I was doing as a general manager of a nightclub. We opened seven days a week for the restaurant, opened two, three nights a week for the club. Mm-hmm. Um, but only Saturdays were busy and Saturdays out the gate were like insanely busy, which subsidized the entire week. Like every, every, everything else was in the red and that one night we crushed. Um, <laughs> and then, and now mind you, this is like to your point, rural Washington. Okay. Yeah. There's, also, there, there's not a lot of different markets there. Like you're, and it's you're, you're also all not in a one market demographic. Okay. So yeah. the, the night that we had running was a, a top 40 hip hop night and I was renting collared shirts and renting dress shoes to people that showed up at the club. This is God on story. <laughs> so I'd have guys up the club and that they'd be that. like, yo, I'll tip you a hundred dollars. You, you know, I, I was like, listen, you can give me $20 and I'll rent you a collared shirt and shoes. I ain't wearing that shit. I'm like, all right, well you're not coming in because that's Dude, our, our, it, expectations all right yeah go ahead all right we haven't really talked about this but yeah. so you never heard mu- the story no no but yeah. so much of your story <laughs> is my story because yeah, you ran a nightclub right so, no, dude so much of it yeah. and, and i'll back up so i'm, I'm not going to give you the full thing because we're here to talk about you yeah, yeah. and i don't even I really talked about this on the show before but at 18 i was a bar manager Yep. Same thing. Standing in a puddle. Same deal of, yeah. as a bar manager. And you and were in Florida. In Florida. Florida. At okay. Florida State, the great. You know, hang on a second. Let me just. Yeah. <laughs> the greatest university on the planet. Oh, so yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah. And at 20 years old, I had I had lost my fake ID. <laughs> I lost it, and I was like, I'm be 21 in like six months, and it wasn't worth getting another one. Again, kids, fake ID is not good for you. Don't follow that advice. But no, it wasn't worth getting another one. So my buddy Shag, his girlfriend worked at this little bar, right? And I started going to this little bar because I could go there and drink and whatever because right. they didn't cart me. And I started, you know, the owners were these guys that had no clue about anything. And I was like, so I finally started saying, you should do this, you should do that, you need to do this. Guys, you need, you need to do this. You only got one night a week. You need to, you need to figure this out. And uh, one night they pull me back and they go, we're broke. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. They go, we got like another solid month of this. And we're if done. you can come in and turn it around, in four, you, can, you can have a third of the bar. And like I was that. like, done yeah and we turned that thing i hired all the bimbo girls hired all good looking my fraternity brothers because yeah. yeah. then bimbo girls bring in guys if you right. hire hot guys they bring in girls who bring in guys i think that yeah. that model still works today. <laughs> still works to this day <laughs> no, still works to this day. pretty sure that's still <laughs> no, operating that model has been tried and true so yeah. yeah literally kind of the same thing going along uh, is you is getting that buy-in mm-hmm. and then, and that progressed into uh, you know, a corporate job. Uh, and then eventually wound me back up in Atlanta with, with cobalt lounge where we had similar nights. So anyway, back to you. So it's just, it's, it's funny yeah. cause we've never had anybody on that has similar nightclub, yeah, very right. similar stuff. So that was March, 2015. We opened, um, and again, every Saturday was busy. Oh yeah. 2005. Sorry. 2005. 
And uh, every Saturday it's busy, every Saturday. And then obviously the goal is to layer in one extra night to really start making things profitable. So about halfway through the summer, we had this promoter approach us. Um, his name is Kono. And he was, um, you'd look at him and you'd be intimidated. He's like six foot seven, Tongan, has one eye because when he was in grade school, he got flicked with a paper clip and then he like randomly went into a coma. So his eye never healed. So he has like one white eye and he's this <laughs> monster six, seven, the nicest guy, <laughs> yeah. right? But yeah. like a monster. Right. Yeah, right? But, but, scary, but when he walks in, you're like, roll had, him up and lock him. He had a promotional, he wanted to do 19 and up. And because we had three stories we could do, so the middle floor was, um, uh, all ages and then downstairs in the barn the, the bar and grill was 21 and up and the, the vip up top was 21 and up so we could do 19 and up and everybody got id and all the other stuff and and uh so that was tuesday night so now we have a, a banging tuesday night and and saturday night was great and we really started like hitting our stride mm-hmm. and and there was a night that jason terry you're familiar with jason terry the basketball player right mm-hmm. so i get a call at the front door <clears throat> and uh they're like adam we need you at the front door and i get up there and and my security buddy lucky he's like he's like listen he's like uh you know jason terry's out here i think he you know he's nba nba finals or whatever and he's like but they're all out of dress code i was like well tell them to leave he's like they want to talk to you and i was like you told him he's like yeah i was like <laughs> awesome so you know i walk out and and he's got 10 guys all wearing black Sweats. no black jean jackets black boots black jeans and black durags and i was like <laughs> yeah, yeah you guys you guys yeah, can't no. have you come in and the guy's yeah. like let me talk to you let me talk to you he's like He's like, you know, uh, I got Jason Terry. I was like, listen, I'd appreciate it if you guys came in and spent a bunch of money. I was like, I just can't contradict myself because I can't have you guys walk in this venue. This place will fucking erupt. Like, yeah. it's not happening. Yeah. Right. And Jason Terry pulls me aside. He's like, listen, I didn't know it was going to be like this. Um, you know, we'll come back and do things right. And because we had the All Ages Night, during 2005, UW, University of Washington basketball was great. So Nate Robinson, uh, Brandon Roy, Will Conroy, Trey Simmons, they were like, you know, they made it to the final four, I think that right. year, but they're all 19 and 20. So they're so only now they they come in. Yeah, they come to you. Tuesday nights, they could come down. So every Tuesday night they came down. And now I had like this UW crowd come down. I mean, I had people driving three and a half hours to come anyway. <laughs> oh, geez. So fast forward six months, it's a Tuesday night in the middle of October. I just turned 26 and, uh, um, the busiest night we'd had. And again, we have our own five acre private parking lot. So once that parking lot was full, people now mind you, I'm on a four lane highway in the middle of nowhere, Milton, Washington. And uh, once the parking lot was full, people were parking across at these like, you know, the Indians where they sell cigarettes and fireworks and shit. And they're parking across the street and running across the four lane highway to get to my club. Oh, so about midnight, we're standing outside the club and there's I have a, a guest list this way for girls and a guest list this way for guys. And we hear this loud noise and this car slam on its brake. And we ran up this embankment to get up to the street. And there's this kid laying in the road. And, um, dude, is it? It's like my story. It really it's is. Like my story. And, it's like uh, my story. And here comes a semi. It's 12 30 night through the fall. Oh, line, God. 60 mile an hour. And, and like final destination was just like, oh, my oh, God. Jesus. Oh, man. And all we saw was like, you know, and so, you know, blood streak and bone spurs. And, and, uh, we're all just kind of like, oh, fuck. God. Well, maybe not exactly like my story. And so uh, <laughs> yeah. I was like, right, uh, you guys call the cops. I'm going to go back inside because my bars are overwhelmed. Everyone's out running out of liquor. And so now, like, all right, I have a 1,000 people inside. I need to go operationally help. But we just saw a kid get killed. So I'm like, fuck, Jeez. right? Yeah. So I run inside. And uh, 
I'm kind of just like numb, right? Like everybody's like, what's wrong? I was like, oh no, this kid just died outside. Like, uh, and we're just, you're in the weeds. So you're just kind of like right. just going through the operations of the business, right? So cops come in about 35 minutes later and they're like, hey, uh, we need you to shut the club down. And I was like, all right, well, can I shut it floor by floor and slowly, you know, let these people get out of the club? So they're like, a mob scene. They're like, yeah. no, you need, you need to shut down. Just what, pull you want the fatality? plug. Yeah, pull the plug. So I go up to the, to the DJ and uh, I said, listen, I was like, you need to tell him. He's like, I'm not telling him. He's like, you need to tell him. <laughs> And so I get on the mic and I was just like, guys, this is Adam, the GM. Um, sorry to cut the night short. You know, we have a fatality outside. Uh, Y'all get home safely. Next week, it's going to be free cover. You know, be safe, blah, 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 blah. So I think everything's gravy. Kono, who's walking out, you know, seven cute little Asian girls. Um, and they're walking out with these two monster Samoan guys. And right. these guys are like, yo, we just paid cover. We just... You know, we just paid for Hennessy. Like, we want our money back. And he's like, listen, he's like, kid's dead. Like, yeah. let me get your names. We'll, we'll start out next week, yeah. And he's like, nah, fuck that. And spits on Kono. Well, without hesitation, <laughs> his six-foot-eight Samoan security guard levels this guy. And then all of a sudden, I have a 1,000 people walking out, and they see, you know, Fight. Samoans guys yeah. and some, some African-American guys, like, fighting. And so then all fucking hell breaks loose. Mm -hmm. And in within minutes, there's... Guys running around, sucker punching girls, running up and down cars. Oh God! People are pulling out guns. Um, you know, I had full blown riot. I, oh yeah, and I had I had twenty security guards, and Kona had like six. So we had like twenty six big guys. I'm I'm probably the smallest one. I'm six three, although I'm not you know massive. Like I, we had this crew, right? And it was just like a swarm of bees, and you break up a fight, and another fight break up. You break up a fight, and another fight break up. And I ran up to the cops and I said, "Listen, can you help us come clear the parking lot?" And mind you, there is tribal police, county police, city police, state police, all on all the police. Four, yeah, there's four different jurisdictions. <laughs> all, all the police, yeah, for four there. different jurisdictions dealing with the fatality on this highway. Oh. And uh, they're like, "No, we're told to stand down. You're, you're private. You're private. <laughs> yeah, you're on your own. Yeah, you're on your own. Oh, Jesus. So five minutes in, go back to the cops. Like a five minute swarm of bees and fights breaking out is a long time. Right. That's, that's right. Yeah, that's yeah, a really yeah, long. You time. know, America's wildest video. It's like a 37 second yeah. clip. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, so five minutes, run back up. And this has got on a story. I mean, this is like the most surreal day of my life. And, uh, and they just wouldn't help you. They're like, no, nope, we're told to stand down. So I get on the radio. I'm like, guys, go to your cars. I go grab my nine millimeter SIG P239. My boys are putting on Kevlar and grabbing their guns. And then we kind of just show, there's like, um, the club was up above and then here's a parking lot. And then it kind of ramped down in the main parking lot. And so we just stood shoulder to shoulder kind of around all the employees and all the girls cars and just kind of let these people fuck themselves up. <sighs> Finally, about eight minutes in one cop car and one ambulance pulls in the back of our parking lot. And then everybody like cockroaches scatter. Everybody leaves we kind of all started decompressing and, and go to clean up the club and the cops wa walk in and some girl cut her foot. So walking in the, the front, which is all this white, you know, tile, Blood white, white <laughs> pole. There's just like this blood streak down through oh, the, it. looked God. like, a, yeah, it was like a horror movie, right? <laughs> Jesus Christ. So the cops come in and, uh, and they're saying, listen, like, this is what we see you guys doing, right? This is what we see you guys doing wrong. This is what you guys are actually trying to run a legitimate business, yada, yada, yada. And, um, so they left. We locked the doors. I paid my chef to stay an extra hour. We all sat there and smoked and drank and, like I said, decompressed. The chef made us all food, and we all kind of just like, what a fucking night, right? Uh -huh. um, and so I walk out to the front door at the end of the night with my security guard, and he's got his bag full of collar shirts because every day we had to go get it dry clean for the yeah. next night, you know? And uh, he's like, what do you think? I was like, I guess we'll find out tomorrow. So the next day I drove up to my venue, and the doors were chained. Oh, and so trying to be a, thanks for coming out yeah. thanks dude yes yeah, so, so, thanks for coming out so, so just you know trying to be a white operator on a tribal land to get all the tribal members together to to 
tried to dispute your license was never going to happen. Right. Right? It was just over. So no yeah, I lost my investment, lost my job, was maxed out on credit cards. Um, <laughs> I obviously quit my all, the, all my other jobs to pursue this, and uh, and you're about, lost. Yeah, about so, ninety. So let me take you to my parallel yeah, real quick. So Cobalt Lounge, we're running that. Yep. I've this got, is Atlanta now. This is Atlanta. Okay. Atlanta. We've got. Um, we, we wound up with like four busy nights, which was good. Great. Um, one of which was Jermaine Dupree would have a party there every Sunday. And it was so like live on Sundays before live on Sundays. Yeah, and it, it, it was. And, yeah. and dude, it, it was, it, and it was everybody and their grandparents would come to this party. Yeah. And we would do like, and this is back in the day, and these numbers are going to sound stupid now as compared to Vegas nightclub numbers. Oh, yeah. But back in the day, this was, this was a banger. We would do, you know, 30 or 40,000 on Friday. We do 60,000 on Saturday, 60, 70,000. And then we do 150,000 on Sunday. That's great. Because it was all. Right. It was all just, you know, champagne, uh, champagne, yeah, champagne yeah, yeah, and Henson. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah, all it was. Yeah. And anyway, so Super Bowl comes around. We get every party for Super Bowl. We get NFL Pro Player Party. We get the Playboy Party. We get the Maxim Party. We had them all. Back to back to back to back to back as we go along. And what year is this? This is 2000. Okay. And then so 2000, a week before, so a week before we had during Jermaine's party, same thing. Can't come in unless you have a college shirt. Can't yep. come in here. Like we, you know, but with us, it became a little bit more of a status symbol. Cause you're like, you're out in the sticks in Washington. Yeah. Like we had like when Michael Jordan walks up and he's wearing sweats. Okay, Mike, I'll let you in. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you right. can come in. So what, what happened was with all the athletes and the, in the super rappers, it kind of became a status symbol that you could get in to wearing, cobalt without what, yeah, whatever yeah. the fuck you wanted. Right. right. Um, and so anyway, the Sunday before or two weeks before Super Bowl Sunday, we had a murder outside. Somebody got murdered in the parking lot across. Didn't make a lot. Of, people don't even remember that because that yeah. wasn't a big deal. We were the only place in Buckhead open on Sundays. We were open as a restaurant, even though we didn't sell tons of cheese trays, whatever. It was nothing. All the other bars yeah. were closed because we had a, you know, we right. had a restaurant license while we were open. And then Super Bowl Sunday. So they all come in. There's a fight in the VIP involves Ray Lewis and some people. We actually closed down the club because it was like, dude, we, we're done. It's it's three thirty. We've yeah, made all our night. money. Call it a night. Clear everybody out of the club. We're literally giving a toast to everybody. Congratulations, blah blah blah. Great night, blah blah blah. Or you know, we would hire off duty cops to work for us. And Purvis, who was the cop, walks in and he goes, "Got another murder down the street." I'm like, oh. And it was like two blocks down the street, and the guy that called nine one one didn't know where he was, so he's like. The, the 911 call is, cobalt. I'm at the Cobalt, I'm at Cobalt, I'm at Cobalt. So that's the 911 they got to put everywhere. It nuked the club. And yeah. first of all, the first thing that happened was. So you never even made it to Super Bowl parties. No, we did. No, we oh, okay, did. Okay. This was this yeah. was Super Bowl Sunday, Sunday this happened. Oh, okay. This was okay. Super Bowl Sunday right, that right. happened. Oh, okay. So it was the end. I mean, I, I walked in, you know, I used to, Bank of America used to wait for us on Mondays to fill up their ATMs. They'd call us and say, we need your money. Yeah, it was we all need cash. Your cash. Yeah, yeah, it's all cash. So. But but no IRS. So, so the, no. So the first thing. So the first thing that happened was there was something called the Buckhead Coalition, which was like all the old you know well-to-do folks in that part of the world yeah. uh, ran the Buckhead Coalition, and and I'm, I don't remember the guy's name, but the head of it came and visited with us, and I was sitting in the meeting, and it was me, Tom Cook, the owner, and, and I'm sitting there, and he goes, "We think you should change your Sunday night format," and Tom goes, "To what?" And he goes, "We think you should do country western." <laughs> and Tom was like. Uh, pretty sure that'll uh, yeah, kill the night. And the next question was exactly how much food do you sell? Oh, and everybody at the table is just like, here it comes. So it was country Western. Yeah. So it, it, no, so no, it wasn't even country no, Western. It was, like, it was just like, can we all agree that if we agree to close on Sundays, you'll give us a nightclub license. And they were like, we'll do that. And so we had to close. It was the end of it, but that, yeah. that ended the whole thing. So I ended up losing my job the same way. But anyway, 
Similar story, same yeah. thing, parallel so far. I, yeah. you know, obviously we're gonna see where this is going. We're gonna take a real quick break. Yeah, we'll, come back from we'll the break. We're, we're, gonna, we're gonna get to <laughs> Vegas now. Which <laughs> Almost, these yeah. these stories are gonna be a little bit more. Uh, I don't know. Are we naming names? No, we're not naming yeah, names. We're no, no naming names. We'll be My, back. We'll be back in just a minute. Hey, it's John Gafford. If you want to catch up more and see what we're doing, you can always go to thejohngafford.com. Well, we'll share any links that we've things we talked about on the show, as well as links to the YouTube where you can watch us live. And if you want to catch up with me on Instagram, you can always follow me at the John Gafford. I'm here. Give me a shout. Back from the break. Back from the break for part two, man. Uh, this has been for me. You know, I love stories about the hustle, and hopefully, you're picking up yeah. some 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 nuggets here as we go along. You're but just like I, memory lane, yeah, yeah. <laughs> dude, it is. Well, I don't know if it's a memory lane or a flashback. I don't know what's worse. I, I think what's best to take from this is you can be right in high in life, and it can knock you on your ass, dude, no, Overnight, no, both, both of you have been shit. Yes, I dude. don't. I don't think people realize that. That's you know, these people in real estate and businesses, they don't. Say for rainy days, it no. can literally turn knock you on your ass. Well, that's again, you know, one of the points I make when I speak, and I, and I made it at the event the other night was, don't become too attached. Don't let what you do become your identity, because yeah. if for some unforeseen reason, like a tractor trailer runs over some kids, or an NFL star, you know, stabs his somebody. friend stabs somebody, yeah. whatever it is, you know, you know, whatever happened there, um, it, it can all be gone that quick, man. So you've got to maintain your sense of self. Cause that's really what's going to get you through that time. And I, and I'm guessing that's back, you know, back to you, man. So, so your club gets shut down. That was the moneymaker at, at 20, you're 26 now, 26, right? 26, the moneymakers running that shut down. And, uh, and now we're back to here. So what happens now? Um, so I tried staying in Seattle in the nightlife scene, which wasn't really fruitful. And, and my cousin at the time was working at the Paramount Studios gym in LA. Uh, and he's like, listen, he's like, I'll try to help you get into the industry out here. And then I had some, you know, acquaintances of friends that were from my hometown that lived here in Vegas. Uh, this girl worked at the Rhino. And she's like, listen, she's like, you get down here and I'll introduce you to the people that I know. And for, you, for, real quick, for those of you who don't know, the Rhino is... Uh, the Spearmint Rhino. The Spearmint <laughs> Rhino. You, I, you know what? The gentleman's if you club. don't, If you don't know, just Google it. <laughs> we'll go with that. Nice play. <clears throat> so um, I ended up basically selling all my belongings and assets and, and leaving my friends, family, and dogs and, and drove 19 straight hours with a car full of clothes. And I ended up on Green Valley Parkway for the first month I was here. And... Uh, my first, the day I got here, I had a, a job interview at Mandalay Bay Pool to bartend. And the guy's like, you have no union card. You have no experience. He's like, but you have a great resume. He's like, I'd love to hire you. Welcome like, to Vegas. And he's like, can you pass a drug test? I'm like, fuck yeah, I've been clean for six weeks. No problem. <laughs> six whole weeks. <laughs> I smoke weed, okay? Yeah, okay. I, I like to party. All right, there we go. <laughs> and uh, and uh, so I go take the drug test. And the lady's like, you're bald. I'm like, yeah. She's like, all right, well, lift up your pant leg. I'm like, and she shaved my leg hair. To, which they don't really? do anymore, but your leg hair doesn't grow out like it's lengthy. Yeah, right? like it's there. Like that's yeah, like, like that's nineteen years worth of fucking love <laughs> right there. Like I'll go to jail on this leg hair. You know what I mean? So, so anyway, I didn't get that job. And uh, <laughs> yeah, that leg hair knows who killed Kennedy. Yeah, and, like, yeah. and so uh, I ended up getting a server job at, at Cheesecake Factory here in Henderson. Okay, and promoting at Tangerine Nightclub at Treasure Island at night. Okay, Tangerine dude, Tangerine. tangerine. We were just talking about that. We were just talking about that. And then back uh, in the day, where, 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 was that at Win? No, was it no. Treasure Island? Treasure Tre Island. Was that at Ti? Yeah. Oh my god. Ever. That's a great place. Yeah. Okay. But you were pretty much almost homeless at that point. 
come into Vegas. Yeah, I mean, I was living on a girl's couch, yeah. And then she yeah. kicked me out, and I was in a budget suite for a week and a half, and, and I almost turned tail. And then um, I randomly had a friend that hit me up and was like, uh, he's like, yo, if you ever come down to Vegas, I'm down here. I'm like, I'm down here. And he's like, yeah. what do you mean? He's like, I just moved down here. I was like, me too. And so we ended up getting a Let's house a together. <laughs> and we got a house together. Um, and I was working two jobs for the first year. Second year, I became a, a cabana attendant at rehab. Everybody loves rehab in 07. Still promoting at night. And then quit both of those and became a bar manager at Dick's Last Resort, which fits my personality amazingly. Yeah. <laughs> Dick's Last Resort, for those of you, again, that don't know if you haven't done that, <laughs> it's basically a place where your server is going to bring you your tea, but tell you to go fuck yourself. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty much what happens there. Pretty much how it works. It's actually like... <laughs> Four amazing months of being a bar manager. <laughs> um, and, but if you're not familiar with peer management, they didn't do everything by the book. And so for me to be a bar manager, they had me sign a document said that I w- saying that I would work 60 hours, but that I'd only get paid for 40. That way I could still be in the tip pool. Uh, well, so then after like three months of it, the, the old pure management yeah. tip pool. <laughs> so the bartenders were like, well, wait a second. So the bartenders went to the union and were like, all right, well, is he a bartender? Because if he is, he has to be... Uh, seniority, yeah. seniority, and if he's a bar manager, he's not in our tips. So which is it? And they're like, "Yeah, you got us." So I basically <laughs> got laid off, um, uh. lost my job, and was just like, "Fuck!" And again, that same like, there's November two thousand and seven, and I literally was like, "I might move home." And Stevie David Avicii, the still still the CEO here at the time, was like, "Go, yo, go talk to, you know, Alex and and become a host." And so. 2008, I became a host at Pure Nightclub. And once I became a host, it was like, from that point on. Game the on. light went on. You're like, yeah. well, okay, wait a second. I, this is way easier. Yeah, I mean, I mean well, having, not easier, but been an easier work. Once you're an operator, yeah. being a host is easy because you're just managing yourself and like your sure. guests. Being an operator, you're thinking about the entire venue. So yeah. once I became a host, it was, I mean, not, it's still a grind, but right. um, it was easy for me. So I became a host and then a VIP manager at LAX. And I became a VIP manager at the Palms for two years. Um, became a the director of VIP services at Nikki Beach when it opened, which didn't work out very long. And then after Nikki Beach failed, I forgot about Nikki Beach. That was Tropicana. Tropicana, huh? yeah. yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and then after that debacle of a project, um, Alex, the guy had, had that had so basically Alex Kodova, you know, he was at Pure, and then he went to work for Angel Management Group. Um, and so when Nikki Beach didn't work out, he's like, listen, he's like, before you make another job decision, I'd love to talk to you. So this is the end of 2011, and, he's, and he go to his office, and he's right here on Horizon Ridge, and he's got this blue plexiglass box, and he opens it up, and it's the renderings and the design of what, what was going to be Hakusan. Mm-hmm. So Hakusan uh, didn't open f- till March of 2013. Yeah, you know, uh, I, I was hired 18 months in advance. Basically, that's, that's such a dope move, though. That, that, you know, I'm still that move. See, I, it's, it's great on these days when I actually learn something for myself. What a great move. Not that's such a soft recruit to you. Like, bro, I'm not trying to recruit you today. Come see me. Yeah, come see just me. saying, look, yeah. if you think about making a change, have a conversation yeah. with me next time you're thinking about making a move. Yeah. That's, that's and, uh, soft and, and dope. I, I mean, that. he, that guy, people don't know, listen to this because we have people listen throughout the country. These are Big nightclub people. Yeah. Like these are the top of the top, top guys. Very well known people that are yeah. reaching out to you. Yeah. And, and I know in your, in your, t- where, if, if you're listening from a smaller place or even a mid sized city, the nightclub business to you, I mean, like I said, the numbers I threw on earlier, that's yeah. like, that's still respectful that's, for any yeah, club. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah but I'm thinking that some of those, yeah. some of those, these clubs are millions. Yeah. How, of how much, how much did it take to build out Hakkasan? $100 million. $100 million. $100 million, million dollars just to build it out. 
plus like a $30 million marketing and, and talent budget. You know what, dude? Okay. Jesus. Riddle me this, because I, I have a dream. Yep. And this is what I would do if I owned a nightclub in Vegas. You ready? This is what I would do. Shoot. And tell me if you think uh, I could pull this off. And you're welcome to use Chicks it if you can. behind the bar. No, 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 <laughs> no, 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 here's my, here's my idea, here's my idea, here's, here's my idea, you ready? I go to a guy, and let's call him Sam, Okay. all right? And I say, Sam, here's the deal. I'm going to put your face on every billboard in this town, and we're going to call you DJ Quickspin or whatever the fuck yeah, you yeah. want, right? I'm going to put you on every billboard, and you're going to spin here for $100 a night. I don't care. Would you would you charge everybody else? Yeah. But you're gonna charge you're gonna you're you're contracted to me for a hundred bucks a night. I think I could materialize an international DJ in Vegas doing it that way. I It'd mean, be a hell of a lot cheaper yeah. than paying these guys. Some of them make a million bucks a night. Well, well, yes, yeah. <laughs> some of them before, before um, they sunk an entire business. But yeah, yeah. so but yeah, that was and then and then can I pull that off? No. Some talent. It's a dream. Well, it's Calvin a dream. Harris, Calvin Harris, the year that he got started and he was making big money, he also had like more number one hits on his album than anybody before Michael Jackson. That's a good point. And he had and he actually broke Michael Jackson's record. He had more number one hits on that album than anyone's ever had on an album. Here's a question. Music, All so. right, one more question real quick before I then I'm sidetracking with random nonsense. <laughs> right. Do you think there has been a gig that Marshmallow has performed when it wasn't the main guy? What do you mean? Like, his like he sent a buddy he and said, here's the hat. Go oh, throw it on your head. Like, yeah, like I don't feel like going. Flash drive. Yeah. yeah, plug the flash drive in. Here's the hat. Jump around. That's one thing about Deadman. Right? He takes his hat off and on throughout the Yeah, you know so you know it's him. him. Yeah, yeah, it's, no, it's him. Right. Uh, I don't know. It's a good question. <laughs> All right. We'll, so we'll, leave, we'll what, leave that one to one. What conspiracy theories that I know about? Oh, we have a whole episode about that. Let me ask you, if you don't know Vegas nightlife, it's a bunch of good looking people and a lot of egos. Best looking people. How do you stand out? How do you stand out as a as the VIP guy? Well, wait, take care well, of it. Well, real, quick, real, real quick, let's. I mean, we got to break it. What do you do? Like people are like, what does a VIP host really do? All right, what, so what do you, well, do? you said I was a VIP host. I'm not a VIP host. Yeah, no, I'm you're just a host. host. Right. You're well, beyond. Are that. you a real estate agent? No, no, exactly. Right, so it's different. Um, I'm, I'm magic. Well, I'm, I'm now no, I'm, I'm a corporate magic director of the company, man. so we, right. yep. I oversee a sales team just like every other any other organization. Right, we, you know, our sales. Um, in some of the clubs, you know, we're 70, $80 million a year in, in sales. So if you have multiple venues, you're at, you know, 400, $500 million a year in total revenue throughout your portfolio of, re of venues. So just like anything else, you're creating a sales culture in a boiler room of guys that, that are willing to pick up the phone calls or go up and talk to random people or approach people that don't know anybody. And it's, you know, literally whether it's cold calling or, you know, obviously everything is rapport based now, mm -hmm. um, but online lead generation and, cold calling and just marketing yourself throughout both social media through the city. You know, I go out to London every year. So when I'm out in London, I'll go out and party, you know, and, and meet everybody that's in my industry out there. And if they ever have any people come to Vegas because no one else does that. Um, you know, there's, there's, I don't have a great network in let's say Florida, right. But there's some guys here that own everybody in Tampa or right? everybody in, in Miami. Right. And that's, that's their network. That's their niche. That's their so, niche. Um, you know, each, each host has their kind of their own niche in addition to whatever the, the hotels feed them or their lead generation feeds them. But yeah. Do you, do you, do you recruit the guys from the other organizations that you know have good networks? Is that, is that a, is there? So when we opened two, when we opened Hakkasan, we had such a head start because like I said, I was hired in 2011 and we didn't open for about 16 months. So in the 16 months that progressed leading up to the opening, um, yeah, we, you know, we, we recruited a guy named Jasmine Madar, who's a stud from Detroit and was like the guy in Detroit. Right. 
So he came out. We hired a guy from uh, SB in L.A. named Drew Gates who now runs third base in L.A., which is the dope little sports bar right there across from the mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, we, we hand So you go into markets and yeah, we, pull them here because you're like, you have the crowd that, here, for that we're going to pull you here. For that project, because Hawkinson was such, it was, you know, Excess <clears throat> is obviously an amazing club. Marquis is an amazing club. Hawkinson was kind of like this dynamic, you know, five-story Michelin-star restaurant, yeah. nightclub. And the DJ roster that when we had open was, you know. Who's who? Everybody. Hardwell, yeah. Calvin Harris, Dead Mouse, Tiesto, Steve Aoki, um, everybody. Yeah. Right? And they'd put such so much so much marketing and branding when you reach out to somebody that lives in Detroit, you're like, yo, yeah, cool, you run Cobalt in Atlanta. Do you want to come run the newest, hottest $100 million nightclub in Vegas? Yeah, they're yes, like, yes, yes I'm in. Yeah, right. Easy, easy yeah, sell yeah. from Detroit to, to Vegas, I think. Well, I mean, yeah, sell. LA everywhere, right? Yeah. The cost of living out here is cheap. The traffic's non-existent. The, the people you meet, I think the network building, and if you, this is what you're into is network building, there's no better city in Vegas. Everywhere in the world is transient to Vegas because of conventions or because of gambling or because of events, et cetera. And so, you know, you can go to Miami, you can go to New York and yeah, there's, there's melting pots, but Vegas has everyone from everyone in the world comes to comes Vegas, here. everyone. What is your key to networking? Cause you're really good at networking. You're, um, you're really good. You can go anywhere with you and you network the shit out of it. I would just say, I mean, listen, I, I think you talk to so many people. So like you start off as a promoter, you start off as a host, whatever your, you're not worried about rejection anymore. Right. I don't care about getting a no from a guy or getting a no from a girl. If I walk up and be like, hey, you girls, what do you do? Like, go fuck myself. Okay, next. You right. know, it's, at that point, it's a game of numbers. When you think about like that, like, you know, there's tons of books, you know, throughout, you know, the sales world. Of, like, the more rejections you get, you know, you're getting closer and closer to a yes, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, you just find people that, that you get on with. And, and I'm very sarcastic and very dry and, and very witty in a sense. And so that's why I'm, I'm, I have a lot of rapport with British people because – they have a lot of banter and they don't get offended. Everybody in right. America is like, oh, he's insulted me. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. You, can, you can't talk to me that way, yeah. sir. Yeah. Christ. Yeah. Um, so again, everybody's do. got their own. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think people realize you, you handle, you know, football star, you know, or soccer, America, you, you CEOs, handle everyone, whatever, yeah. CEOs, everyone, yeah. every, and that's why I love like want to have Adam in here because this seems like such a, Oh, you just sit there and people walk in and you get paid. And no, but it I, is a business itself. No, a it is just like, it's, you're running a corporation yeah. at, at that point. And I don't think people realize that. And that's, what's great about this show is it shows other places, whether it's real estate, whether you're a stripper yeah, yeah. selling your body, it doesn't matter. I, you're a salesperson. I, I think, I think also though, it, not in the level that you do, but the guys that come in, the, 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 the base level hosts that yeah, yeah. work on the team. I think, in you Vegas, have, you especially. Here, right? What's that? You have some hosts. Yeah, I've got here, guys yeah. that work for me on my team that yeah. hosts. Yeah, several of them. Yeah. I, I love I love hiring X Night Club hosts that yeah. want to transition out of the business because they'll talk to anybody. They don't yeah. give a shit. That's their job. And they understand about. the grind. And they, under, they understand that it's a yeah. numbers game. They get it. But I think one of the advantages is you're selling something. I mean, well, depending on where you work. But if you work at Hakkasan, you're selling a key to cool. Yeah. I mean, you're selling experience, your exclusivity. Right? You, 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 you but know. just, but even that, just the fact that they got your card. You know what I mean? Just the fact that you got a guy there. Everybody yep. wants to have a guy there. Like, oh, you going to Hakkasan? I got a guy there. Yep. Or call my guy. Everybody, yep. it's like it's like a status symbol mm-hmm. to have a guy, yeah. whether you use him or not. Well, so. and it's just like going to your local watering hole. I mean, at the end of the day, you go to the same place because, you know, when you're you 19 years old, you know you can go there. Everybody knows your name. It's like cheers, right? Yeah. If you have that same rapport with somebody in a nightclub, that's, the, that's what you want. You want to be comfortable. You want to go to a place that you're like... I'm not going to get hassled at the front door. I know I'm not going to, you know, I'm going to get in for free. I get to actually enjoy the people I'm there with because I have rapport with them. Like that's what everybody wants. Right. Yeah. So whether it's at a nightclub or whether it's at, 
your local bar and grill or your local PTs. I mean, that's just kind of like what all of us want dynamically in regards to the social. So if I, if I come to Vegas and I want to have a job and want to get a job in the nightclubs and I want to be a host, what can I expect to make? What, you know, how, like what was my day look like? What does that look like? I mean, obviously you're way beyond this, but Um, if I, if I call you or I get lucky enough to get in a room with you and I want a job, what's it look like? I mean, is it, is it really a job or are you working for yourself? Uh, I mean, it is a job. I mean, like I said, it's kind of like bullet room, right? Like, so databasing follow-up, right? So yeah. you, you have a sale, you follow up with the guests. How was everything? Hope you had a good time. Feel free to reach out in the future. If you have any friends, you know, like, you know, a lot of, a lot of real estate agents put, you know, my, my, the biggest thank you could ever give me is a referral, sure. right? It's same the same shit. thing in nightlife, right? Same so, um, there's that, uh, follow-up database, uh, thinking outside the box. So how do I approach so let's say, for instance, for me, I've always kind of thought like, all right, well, how do I approach Toronto? I've only been once in my life. I don't know a lot of people. So I'll reach out to concierges in Toronto or travel agencies in Toronto and be like, hey, do you have a point of contact for nightlife, pool parties, restaurants, et cetera, the extracurriculars of Vegas? Because, yeah, you can book your hotel rooms. But the guy that's booking well, you, you yeah. want to have a little bit more rapport. Like, what restaurants sure. would you recommend? Right. What's good to go to on Monday? Oh, you don't know? Cool. Now you do because now you have somebody else like that, right? Yeah. So um, thinking outside the box. Um all the hosts are assigned to a hotel, right? So if I said to you, you know, John, you're assigned to, I'll, I'll use my hotel as an example, you're assigned to Bellagio. All right, well, how many employees work at the Bellagio? Thousands. Five, 6,000, right? Yeah. And you know two. Yeah. So every single week when I tell you to go to the hotel is to meet two more people or five more people, whether it's a bartender, a pit boss, a cocktail waitress, a server, a hostess, whoever, a retail person that's at Louis Vuitton, because not only are they working with a hotel and they're meeting people that are walking to the hotel that want to go out, they're also locals. And we have a lot of industry nights. And yeah. so if you as a local want to celebrate your birthday or if you want to do your corporate party with us, mm-hmm. you, they're going to go where they know somebody. And if they don't know somebody, they're not going to call you, right? So um, a lot of that is is for the hosts to have an understanding. If there's 2.2 million people in the Valley, how many locals do you know? Because if you don't know locals, I, you can know 300 people to send you business to Florida. When those people don't come, yeah. then you know right. anybody, right? And so Good for once or twice a year, Matt Max. Precisely. And so so getting outside, taking your blinders off and re- realizing the big picture. If I say I'm a, I've been assigned to Bellagio and I have 200 people in my database, I'm at, what percentage is that? Like not even yeah. two, you yeah, know. Yeah, scratch the yeah, surface. Exactly, it's yeah. three, 4% or whatever. So, um, you know, there's there's a tremendous amount of locals that don't have, that don't come to the strip because they, they still have that disconnect. And so we yeah. tell the guys like, if you want to go out and have dinner in fucking Summerlin, then mm-hmm. ask the bartender, look, yo, who takes care of you at Hawkinson? Who takes care of right. you at Omni? Who takes care of you in our venues? Nobody? You don't have somebody? Well, if you ever want to have your birthday, if you ever want to have people in down, yeah. please. And it's just that over and over just and over working. again. That same speech. What, um, what so what is, what do they make? What's the cut? What do they make? So let's say I bring somebody in. What's the split? What, um, are, are they are, are, so are they on a salary, first of all? So yeah, so they're everybody's on a salary. Salaries range anywhere between depending on the venue in town, depending on what company they work for, salaries range anywhere between thirty and a hundred thousand. Okay. Okay. Uh, most companies have compensation packages of three to five percent sales. Okay. So if you book a million dollars a year and you have five percent sales, you know you make fifty grand. If your salary is fifty grand, you're at a hundred. Yeah. Plus tips, so now you make a little bit more money, and then plus the perks of, you know, I can't tell you how many times I've had guys in town like, hey, you know, we've got a ten top at SDK. You want to come join us? So how many times do I go out for free and eat, yeah. eat like right. a king without paying a dollar? Right. So. You think about how much money you're not spending by going out and riding coattails or being being in the company of your your client, then um, there's a lot of money in that that way too. Plus, yeah. I go to London, I don't pay anything. And they're like, yeah. "Oh no, you're in my city." I'm like, "Yeah, when you're coming to my city, I'm not paying." So, right, right. Yeah. But, but no, that's fine. Right. You're in your city and my city. It's right. fine. It's fine. What what is what would you say an average table cost at a nightclub, and what's the craziest amount you've seen spent at a table on um, one table? So, opening year of Hakkasan, we had a guy come in from Dubai, and his bill was six hundred and 
let's say $640,000. And when he got to the gratuity, he wrote over 360000 so his bill was a cool million. <laughs> Jesus. For um, one night of nightclub. They pull, did the girls pull that? Or they, yeah. they, pulled, they, they all pulled walked in there. Say there's 50 girls, and there's $36,000 in tips, or 360 from that one table. Now you had all the other tables at that club. Oh, my God. Yeah, they all walked with uh, whatever they walked with. Um, <laughs> I'd say the average table, you know, anywhere between 1000 and 5000 is kind of standard. Yeah. Obviously, yeah. the bigger, nice, bigger events. And I got to tell you, and that right there is what I've always said is wrong with education in the state of Nevada. People are always like, oh, but they, the school is so terrible there. It's like, look. <laughs> this is what happens. Yeah. You know, Mary graduate. Her dream is to be a third grade teacher. And yeah. she goes to college and she gets a degree in Kansas. Or she's hot. And, hang yeah. on. And then she <laughs> yeah. moves to Vegas and gets a job because, you know, hey, the Clark County School Board's always hiring and they pay very well because our education is so crappy. And she gets here and she works one, you know, one year, school one year in third year. grade. Yep. And then she meets. Kimberly yeah. and Kimberly holds a sparkler and a bottle of champagne and walks it to a table and Kimberly makes five times yeah. what she makes. And yeah. the next thing you know, if she's attractive, she's gone. Yeah. <laughs> That's the end of it. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, you also see them all become, I mean, it's, I think at the end of the day for any of us, I tell us all to all the guys that I have working for me. I was like, if your, your goal isn't to be, I don't want to be in nightlife when I'm 50 or 60. Right. Yeah. But hopefully I meet guys within the years of my experience, whether it's, a hedge fund guy or entrepreneur or, you know, if I ever dove into real estate, I have an amazing wealth of, right. of network in front yeah. of in regards to someone to groom me into that, that industry. So, you know, the goal is to, to find somebody that actually wants to take you towards your passion outside of this so that, you know, you're set up for success in the future instead of being like, Oh, this is my lot job. And yeah, here I am. You're a fucking no. promoter. I'm like, no, I'm, I am. Yeah. Cool, no, yeah. Whatever, but. yeah right, right. But now you you're at that point in your life. You've started switching over. You just yeah. opened a restaurant. It's a yeah. badass, good restaurant, fries and pies yeah. off of Harmon and from no, dude, I got to tell you. And, 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 and so let me, so let me, I, good. I got to ask a, I got to ask a question. Cause I didn't know what it was. Right. Yeah. I knew, I knew yeah. the pies was pizza. Yeah. But I, I love poutine. Yeah. I mean, dude, I love I love that shit. Yeah. And I was like, man, I'm going to have to come back. I mean, it's oh, terrible it's for you, but I fucking love it. Yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, 2017, I went to, um, again, I was in uh, in London, and I came back, and when I went back to my office, I had an office in that little center, and the power was out. And we were piggybacking our power from the restaurant next door because um, the landlord had us set up whatever, and it was his restaurant. And um, so I called the landlord. I was like, hey, uh, the power's out. And he's like, yeah, we, we decided to shut down before it was us. It was called Papaya King, like some grazed papaya. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or like, like alcoholic slushies and hot dogs. It was terrible. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and so, yeah, so, so instead of me investing 180000 or $200,000 in crypto in 2018, I, I bought a restaurant. Yeah. <laughs> Idiot. <laughs> so stupid. Idiot. So stupid. Uh, so, yeah, so um, – when we'd, we'd approached him about putting a concept in there and my business partner, Josh, who's a great chef, uh, who's, you know, created menus for multiple concepts out here. Uh, he had a concept and we approached the landlord and he's like, no, I don't, I don't think that concept will work in our center. I got a bunch of vanilla brands. I got Subway. I've got Dunkin' Donuts. I got Checkers Burgers. I got, yeah. you know, et cetera. And I was like, what about pizza? He's like, I'm a Jew from New York. Of course I'd like to see pizza. Yeah. I was like, all right. So I called Josh. And I was like, listen, we need to create a pizza concept. Right. And, uh, and if you're not familiar with Vancouver, when you go out, in Vancouver at the end of the night, it's literally like when you leave, what's to eat? It's like right. pizza poutine, pizza poutine. That's what it all is. That's all it is down right. Granville and all Hastings and whatever. And so, um, so I, while we're making this pizza menu, I was like, how come nobody's poutine? And he's like, yeah, let's just do the toppings on both. And so now we have fries and pies. Wait, so you do the, you have a poutine pizza? Yeah. Oh. Every, every oh. recipe we have. Oh my is God. Everything they, I you can, can either actually, have a pizza or 
you can it have comes poutine, as poutine or pizza or yeah. you can so if, like what's some of your br- oh, dude, eat, I'm like in. buffalo chicken you can throw it on yeah. the fries so, you can so, put so it on pizza you poutine can, yeah, yeah poutine the gravy the cheese, gravy coats. And cheese yeah. right right but so over the cooked. years they've added you know lobster and pulled pork and steak etc cetera, etc cetera, yeah. and people change the recipes and, and poutine is really roughly translated in french as a messy fry so it's messy fries yes we have the traditional cheese curds and gravy but then we also have Philly cheesesteak and cheeseburger and buffalo yeah. chicken and bu- barbecue chicken. And is this is this where you're going to hate on poutine, Colt? No, I like it. No, I'm not. We going finally to hate fa- we finally no. found something you hate. Hey, hey, and do you know what? Adam's what going to. Right, Adam's His going to. Like yeah, and it, well, what, my, what, what, I'm over what, there. What, my kids. what is your favorite food? We we never discussed this. Pizza, tacos, pizza. Pasta, yeah. All right. Oh, what's, your, what's your favorite pizza in the world? Where's it from? Uh, we have fries and pies. So we're cheating this, but outside no, of Vegas, we'll make it outside of Vegas. I, no, no, no. We'll I, I, I will Vegas. say, and I'm not just saying this. Like yeah. even my wife's like, yeah. oh shit, Adam's place was really good. Right. And my wife, we all know, is yeah. hard to please. Huh? No, um, I, you know what? It, it just depends. Uh, some of it's not even that good. Like there's a place Tony's up in Utah. It's not right. even that good, but it's good. Like it, it. But I like it. Okay. But Adam's what? going. Adam's going to agree with no, this. What, what do you like? Top what do you five. Like? Yeah. Top. Or do you think I could make an Olympic? Oh. Do you think I could make an Olympic God. sport? God. No. Curling. Adam's Zero seen chances. my athletic ability. <laughs> Zero chance. I'd have to if go I wore glasses. Of Olympic. Yeah. I mean, there's riding one a horse. No, okay. Right? Like, uh, and he's not. It, God. You, you laid, he saw my you laid, you laid one on the rim for me, and I almost no. went to dunk it, but it's too politically incorrect not to dunk it. So yeah, well, not let's not do it. that right I'm now. not going to dunk it. But Adam seen my I'm, – I'm oh, I got a, a little I, I, athletic. I got, I got to change right. to my joke. The Laugh Olympics, maybe. <laughs> no, it's, it's no, not. No, no, no. But no, I uh, – no, Adam's place is really good. I, I will go there. My kids – My question My question was, would you eat your – Before that Before that was Grimaldi's. Would you eat your favorite pizza with Tom Hanks? No, fuck Tom Hanks. What's Tom Hanks? He hates dude, Tom Hanks. Tom oh, no. Hanks is the worst actor ever. <laughs> wow, dude. He's like got a Tom personal Hanks? vendetta really against Tom Hanks. Yeah. Oh, my God. Anything pr- after 1990? Mm. Didn't like it? No. no. Not, a, not I don't like Tom Hanks oh. at all. I think he's kind of fake, but, you know, I like... Ta- total tangent. I know. I total tangent. Sorry, no, sorry hey, going hey, off. Hey, 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 no, he, he does... He hijacks the show pretty much And I didn't want to hijack because I know nothing about the nightclub industry, but I just know that people think it's a lot easier, and I've seen Adam grow, and I've seen... It's stressful, I mean, you know, you can attest. There's there's nights where it's truly enjoyable, and you like you get home, you're like, man, what a fucking night, and then there's other nights where you're just like... You truly have to take a second and just be like, "Fuck!" Like, what a night! What a night! <laughs> Same Whether thing. What, yeah. and everything like terminals go down. There's a mm-hmm. fight that breaks out. Um, you know, issues with the guests and just you know, what's the biggest the, issue you constantly see? Oh, people I don't want to try and do drugs in the club, or I would just say like people's lack of intelligence in regards to what it takes to come to a nightclub, and then they're. Like if they're out of dress code. Can I can I ask oh, you a question? I don't need I, I don't need my fucking ID. Fuck you. It's like I, yeah. I got I got a I got a question. Yep. If you've never been to a nightclub in Vegas, there's the cor- there's the corral pin <laughs> system. Yeah, yeah. Yep. They, they move you from one corral to yep. another. Yeah. What is the fucking purpose of the corral system? Well, so for instance, I because my my philosophy was always this. Like, look, we were always busy enough in their yep. club that we always had a big line. Yeah, yeah. Right. But I was never that guy that purposely held the line to make the club look better of course. because Us we either. we we had some optics to the club that you could see in certain places and you could tell how busy it was. So because of the last, and when when was the November one shoot, October one shooting, two thousand eighteen? Oh, yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. We never used to wand every single person. 
Yeah, right? and now you're doing that. And now every single person, so if I grab, say there's 300 people out front and this 10 people have, have a table, I can't wand them and ID them out front in front of people. So I bring them in, wand them, ID them, and then get them going. And then grab the next group, wand them and ID them Got and it. get them going. So I kind of have to stage you. Yeah, that actually makes sense. There's also- That makes sense. Before, before the last five years, the, the wave of technology within the cannabis world there used to not be a, a million different vape pens. You couldn't get wax and little things that get, uh, by, yeah. get by security. Now everybody and their moms got fucking edibles or vape pens or weed pens. And that's or, hurting. That's hurting the profitability of, of the clubs, isn't it? Well, because I know that it's, really it's crippled. Sort of a risk. Like you don't know what people are on, right? You don't know what kind of dynamics are in their body, well, whether it's drugs or Adderall I, or fucking meth or or weed. And so you have to try to protect your liquor license and the integrity of your venue. If, so this guy, you don't need them coming in if they're not going to drink. Because I heard that's I heard, fucking, I heard that's one of the things that really clobbered the palms when they opened. That day club was they could they just every they didn't that was right about when all the dispensaries opened and then everybody was showing up on edibles and they were like we're not selling any fucking booze. Are you talking about the new palms? The new palms, yeah. the new one. I heard I that mean, was, they, they just you can't have a venue that holds three thousand people open for three days and three nights a week when you have seven hundred rooms. Yeah, you don't have a built-in demographic. Yep. Right. So that's no, a completely that's different. Another story. Another story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, dude, it was uh, it was fascinating. If I'm somebody and, uh, yeah, you know, I like to think that somebody out there listening to this has some money. Yeah. Uh, but if they do yeah. and they want to come spend it with you, how, do they, how do they find you? On uh, Instagram or Twitter, S-A-D-I-E, Adam Sadie on Instagram or Twitter would probably be the easiest way. Adam S-E on that. If they want to find you, Colt, how do they find you besides, you know. My OnlyFans is only pretty good. I got two people still. It's Are you still eating or still, still eating Oreos guys, in the sun? That's guys. it. Both guys, and it's just both me. I forgot my password. Created another one. Follow so and that's yeah, it. follow them both now. Colt uh, underscore Amidon on Instagram's the best. Oh, uh, there you go. Well, you know how to find me, guys. We appreciate the uh, subscription. If you're listening to us on Apple, make sure you give us a like. And uh, and yeah, remember, man, if you like what we do, uh, you know, tell a friend. And if you hate it, tell two because it doesn't matter if they're talking good or bad. Colt. What is it? As long as they talk about you. That's right. See you next time. Hey, it's John Gafford. If you want to catch up more and see what we're doing, you can always go to thejohngafford.com where we'll share any links that we have things we talked about on the show, as well as links to the YouTube where you can watch us live. And if you want to catch up with me on Instagram, you can always follow me at thejohngafford. I'm here. Give me a shout.